Grace 12, how's it going tonight? Ooh, I like it. Oh, that was really excited. All right, hey, we are in the final week of our Home Run Life series. We finally made it around the bases. We're at third base tonight. Whew, everybody just take a deep breath. Now, now, this series has been so, so good uh, for me. Um, for those of you guys that haven't been here, it's based on uh, our senior pastor, uh, PK's book, Home Run Life. And, and it's all about God's plan for success using a baseball diamond. And like, there's been twice, two separate occasions where God has literally like melted my face off at some point. And like, my face is just like on the ground. But I've assembled my face back for the most part, and I'm ready to... Uh, to bring you something awesome tonight. So uh, I, I, hope, I hope you're ready for it. So, uh, you know, we're in third base, and third base is all about competence. It's all about winning results. Now, it's a baseball series, and our high school pastor, Derek, asked me to do the, the being good at something thing. Have you seen the guy? That dude was like a Hulk in high school. He won state championship, just like power hitter. And then you have, you have me, and maybe baseball wasn't my jam growing up, all right? So uh, let me just, like, take you back on memory lane into, like, what baseball was like for me. Uh, I started out when I was six years old playing t-ball. This is my picture um, from 1996. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was stinking cute. That's the only way I know how to win you guys over is by showing little kid pictures of me. But... Believe me, I'm so happy. Guys, I really liked baseball. I loved it. I loved playing it. My dad was super good at it uh, when he was growing up. And so, like, when your dad's good at something, when your dad loves something, you want to, like, be good at it for him. And so I would work really hard, and we would play catch in the backyard. And, uh, like, seriously, he just spent hours, like, coaching me up in the batting cage. And for some reason, every time I would swing, I would step out and lose all my power. It was so frustrating. But I just, I just, it wasn't my, it wasn't my sport. And, uh, like, my dad embarrasses me because he's 55 right now, and he plays softball year-round on a team with a bunch of 30-year-olds and bats cleanup. And every time I go home to visit him uh, in Dallas, like, he's hitting home runs for me. I'm like, Dad, come on, man. I never hit a home run. It's all right, though. It's all right. I love my dad. He loves me uh, in spite of the fact that I am no good at baseball. But uh, eighth grade, eighth grade was my last year that I got a chance to play. Like, I just, I, you know, like, ninth grade, you have tryouts, and <laughs> there ain't no way. So, um, like, guys, I was so frustrated. I just couldn't get a hit. I was grinding out. I was striking out. And so finally my coaches, they were like, listen, Matt, for the good of the team, bro, we're just going uh, to have you hold. And what that means is uh, if you're not familiar with baseball, there's three strikes and you're out, but four balls and you get on base. You get to walk. And in eighth grade, the pitchers really aren't that special. So you can pretty much just kind of stand there and look mean and intimidating and, you know, like do like the home run thing with the bat right before he pitches and like, you know, just point the bat at him. And then, and then the ball comes and you just kind of let it go by and hope it was a ball. And uh, so like, you know, you have the third base coach and he's over there and he's like, you know, like looking for his keys. Those are all like his symbols telling you what to do. And like, he's like scratching his butt and like doing the stanky leg and stuff and like, <laughs> Like, I look over, and I'm expecting to see some awesome sign, like, come on, Matt, swing, swing, hold. Like, you're not fooling anybody. They know I'm not swinging, and somehow I still got on base. Got to walk a little bit, you know? It's good. I'll take what I can get. 
But uh, uh, sadly, there are no walks in real life, and that's what this series is all about, real life. And so in case you have missed out on any of the weeks of what the home run life is all about, is it's, it's this pattern that, that God gave to, to Pastor Kevin um, for how he wants to grow us. Okay, and so it all, starts, it all starts here at home plate. Hopefully you guys can see this. It all starts here at home plate, and that's, that's where we connect with God, uh, that we can get on God's purpose, on God's power. And then once we connect with God, we can get on base. We get to, we get to first base, and that's character, and that's, that's uh, winning within. And that's how God wants to grow us. He, he works uh, from the inside out, and you're going to see that as, as we, we go forward with it. Then uh, what comes after first base? Yeah, all right, you guys maybe are failing math a little bit. That was a little too hesitantly. Anyway, so second base is the community base. It's winning relationships, winning with others, and uh, just locking down relationships. And then finally tonight, we're on third base, which is competency, and that is winning results. Whew. Yeah, it's a, it's a long trip around the bases. But um, I, I, I don't know about you guys, but I'm kind of like fascinated by what our culture looks at and what they find success in. Um, so Sunday night, I had a couple guys over watching The Walking Dead. Any Walking Dead fans out there? Yeah. Dude, nice. Nice. And uh, like, spoiler alert, some zombies died, okay? So if you haven't seen it yet, some zombies. I mean, I guess, can you even kill a zombie? It's already, the undead zombie re-dies. Anyway, so, so after uh, Walking Dead is over, the Oscars had been on. And we're like, oh, let's just flip it over to the Oscars for a little bit. So we watched about 20 minutes of the Oscars. And guys, I haven't seen a single one of the movies that, that they showed that are up for like best picture. I'm super poor. And when you're super poor, you don't get to go to like tons of movies in theaters. So like, dude, I'm, I'm super excited. They're all coming out on Redbox soon. And I'm going to watch all of them for the same price that you watch one of them in theaters. So nanny, nanny, boo, boo. But... <laughs> But we, we were watching the Oscars, and I was, like, so into it. Every time that they would, like, pan over to the audience, like, they put all, like, the super, like, the pretty people are just right here. And, um, and they would, like, pan it over, and I just be like, wow. And, and at one point, Ellen DeGeneres, the host, she, she takes her camera out, and, and she walks down in the front row, and she says, let's take a selfie. So let's throw it up. Let's throw up the, the Oscars selfie. Guys, this is, like, one of the most famous pictures in like history as of right now, they wanted to break the retweet record for a selfie or for anything on Twitter. And the previous record was held by uh, Barack Obama when, when he was reelected and he got 700,000 retweets. Like that's a lot. Like when I get three retweets, I'm psyched. And, uh, and, and Ellen DeGeneres takes this picture, she says, whole world, retweet this. And they did. 3.3 million people retweeted this picture. I mean, look at it. There's just beautiful people there. Like, look at Jennifer Lawrence. She's so cute. And then, I mean, you got Kevin Spacey in the back. I don't even know, like, is his head shaped like, like, I don't even know what that is. But, but so anyway, so I'm just, I'm like captivated by these stars. She like brought a pizza out. And I was like, oh my gosh, they eat pizza just like me. And, and I don't know why, but for some reason, I was just like so into what they were doing. And it's like this idea that they have success, they have fame, they, they like, they all have like these little golden statues, which are apparently awesome. And um, they're in cool movies and they drive awesome cars and have big houses and foxy girlfriends. And like, they have it figured out. But yeah, I, I think that maybe there's, there's something that's missing a little bit. So that's where we're going to dive in tonight. Um, if you open up your Bibles to uh, Matthew chapter 13, we're going to talk a little bit about um, some of the words of Jesus. Heard he had a few good things to say. 
Um, Matthew chapter 13, in your Bible, it's uh, also going to be up on the screen. But, but it's all about seeds. The whole chapter is Jesus, all these people have gathered to listen to Jesus talk. And Jesus is just telling them stories about seeds. And it's like, okay, God, I don't really know what you're doing, but let's check it out. So in uh, Matthew 13, verse 3, it's going to be up on the board. We're going to start with, um, a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among the thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still, other seed fell on good soil where it produced a crop 160 or 30 times what was sown. So, Matthew 13, what the heck does it have anything to do with success? Well, we're going to talk about it. And, and so, Matthew 13, it's all about seeds. And I'm like, what? why are there all these seeds? Mustard seeds and seeds in weeds and seeds on rocks. But, but I think that it's God painting a picture uh, of how he works for us. And that's that God likes to grow things. God likes to grow things. Like you take Jesus, for example. We're, we're supposed to live our lives after Jesus. We're supposed to model our lives after Jesus. And I don't know about you guys, but that's really hard sometimes. But, but God has actually like set some clues in Scripture for, for how we're supposed to live that help us to, to live in that. And, and so Jesus, uh, in case you don't know, I don't want to confuse you too much, but like the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, the Trinity, they, they existed outside of time. And then they created everything, and then uh, eventually God sent his son into the womb of a woman named Mary. And listen to this language here. There in the womb for nine months, Jesus grew. Then he was born. And, and it wasn't until he was 12 years old that he first taught. It's when it, uh, Mary and Joseph accidentally leave him in the temple courts, and then they come back and find him, and he's, like, amazing all the elders in the temple. So he's 12, and you're like, dude, all right, Jesus, he's on his way to doing some awesome stuff. But it wasn't until he was 30 years old. He studied and prepared until he was 30 years old before he started his ministry. That's crazy. Like, and I think that this is a pattern because, because could Jesus have come, like, flying out the womb like baby Jesus, like, spewing miracles all over the place, like, pew, 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 like, water into wine, pew, 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 like, heal it. no. Sorry, I, that was like the visual I had when I was thinking about this. And I was like, I think I need to share this, right? Like that was, okay, good. Yeah, you're welcome for that. But, but could Jesus have come out uh, and, and automatically been who he, he was later? Probably. I don't know. It's the son of God. I'm not going to doubt him. But, but I think that God was, was showing us this pattern that he likes to grow things. And uh, I don't know if you're anything like me, but this is your first blank, is that we want to skip growth. We want to skip growth. We want to get right to it. We, uh, I don't know if you guys have ever prayed a prayer like this where you just say, God, like, I want all this stuff, and I just want you to give it to me. I don't want to have to work for it. And we want, we want the payoff without the process. But this, this is all about the process tonight, the process in which God grows us because God likes to grow things, and, and we're going to talk about it. And so we, we have this desire to skip because the world, this is the pattern that God has for us, but the world has a, a different pattern. They say just kind of go for it. And so, like, maybe you just want to go straight for, for third base. You want to have success in life, but, but you haven't won relationships. And so no one trusts you, and, and you, can't, you can't succeed without other people around you to support you. 
And, and, and maybe you say, you know what, God, I know my character's not where it needs to be, but I, I really like this girl. I just want to go for it. And you go for it, and then maybe, like, that's why so many people are cheating on, uh, on their, their spouses and their, their boyfriends and girlfriends, because their character is questionable. They're selfish. You guys get in fights all the time because you haven't won at, at first base yet. And how about this? I bet you that there are some people in here that maybe aren't even, aren't Christians. You don't consider yourself a follower of Christ. But, like, everyone in here wants to be a good person, like, we all want to be a good person, but, but just at our core, we're, we're too selfish, we're too prideful, we're too broken. Uh, it says in Romans 3.23 that for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, and we can't do it on our own. We need the power and the purpose that comes from connecting with the Father. And so, so we have this, this just desire to skip things. And, and so that's, that's, our first, that's our first struggle that we have, is that we just kind of want to go for it. I, I don't know if you remember me talking about my eighth grade year in baseball earlier when I got walks. Like, that's how bad of an athlete I am. I'm, like, super proud of walks. Walks equal runs. <laughs> Moneyball. All right. So, uh, I, like, I wasn't a terrible base runner. I wasn't a good hitter, but I wasn't a bad base runner. I, I, I would get on first base, and I would, you know, look at my third base coach, and if he was telling me to steal, it's like, Coach, I'm slow as crap. I don't know why you want me to steal, but I'll go for it. And I went all out, and I, I was smart, and I, I watched the pitcher, and I, I paid attention to what was going on, and, and I was a pretty good base runner. So I got to, like, score a bunch of runs, and I, w- I was a valuable member of the team. That's how I convinced myself that I was a valuable member of the team. But, but uh, I don't know if any of you guys have ever played baseball or softball or watched baseball or something, the Braves, whatever. Like, there's nothing more frustrating in baseball than when a runner is stranded on third base. Am I right? That is the most frustrating. I'll get around the bases, and I'll get to third base, and I'll be like, yeah, come on, come on, boy, bring me in, bring me in, bring me in. Strikeout. Inning over. Sweet. And I kind of walk over to the bench. And when you think about it, when the game's over, yeah, there's like advanced stats that keep track of stranded runs, but really... No one, no one really knows that you were ever even here. Like, yeah, cool, you made it here, but if you didn't score, it doesn't matter. It doesn't count. Uh, sorry to break out old wounds, but um, Mountain View Baseball, Varsity Baseball, just played a tough game against a uh, state-ranked opponent a couple weeks ago, and they were, uh, they were down four to five in the bottom of the seventh inning, and they had two outs and the bases loaded. And they grounded out, and they lost. And that stinks. That's a tough loss. We got a couple of varsity baseball players in here that are not psyched that I brought that up. But, but that's, that's a tough loss because, you know, when the game is over, it doesn't matter that you were this close to tying it and this close to winning. The game was over. You never scored. And so I think that maybe some of you and me, even myself, I felt like this before. This is your second blank, is that, that we feel stuck on base sometimes. Sometimes we've been running the bases so hard and, and we get here. And we're like, this is where I need to be, success, achievement. This is what I'm going for. But yet, we're, we're not satisfied yet, right? And, and I was talking about the Oscars in Hollywood. And let's just show that picture again. Let's show it one more time. Mm. Dude, J- like, you can't, oh, there's just beautiful people. Girls, Bradley Cooper, right? Come on. Okay. <laughs> And so these are the people that, that we look to because they have it all figured out, right? These are the people that we want to be. But hold on, you're not going to want to miss this, guys. You're not going to want to miss this. 
why, why is it that the people that fall in the, the rich and famous category, Hollywood, music, sports, why is it that they have the highest rates of depression and suicide and drug abuse and, and divorce rate? Why is that? It's because they have success, but they have no significance, and it's left them unsatisfied. They, they, they have their success, but success without significance leaves you unsatisfied. And, and I tell you what, they're not the only ones that are in danger of that. That's, that's me too, guys. I, I, I want to tell you a story. I said that God melted my face off a couple times. Well, I'm going to share one of those with you here in a second. But before we do that, this is, this is what happens. We feel stuck on third base, and we feel, how about this? You... You've run so hard, and you've come so far to get to third. And we, we think that this moment we had with God, this connect moment, seems so long ago. And I've been running the bases, and I feel like I've been winning character. And I feel like I've been winning relationships. And guys, honestly, I've been busier than ever lately. And, and my, I feel like I've like kind of made it more than, I, I mean, I haven't made it. But it, like at this point in my life, I feel like I've made it more than I've ever been. And sometimes this just feels so far away. And God is calling us to just, just slide home. That's our last blank. Just slide home. That's what God's saying. We, like nothing feels better when you score a run than to slide, even if you don't need to. <laughs> But that's, that's what God's calling us. We feel like we're so far away. Um, I was at our student ministry, United Worship, uh, a couple weeks ago at Hamilton Mill Campus. It was awesome. If we ever have another one, you guys have to make sure you do it. But it was on a Friday night, and uh, so I drive out to Hamilton Mill and uh, show up. And it was kind of cool. It was like one of the few times I don't have like any responsibilities. I could just show up and be a part of it. And so uh, I go in, and they play the first song, and I'm, I got my hands raised, and I'm singing. And I don't remember what song it was, but it's some song I like, whatever. And... And I just kind of like opened my eyes, and I was like, what is going on? I feel, feel kind of weird. And I like look around, and I like put my hands down. I'm like, God, what's going on? And, and to be honest with you, I'm standing there, and I'd been kind of in a funk for about two weeks. I just kind of had, like, I wasn't getting the joy that I normally have in life. Like, I'm a pretty happy person, but, like, the joy that only comes from the Lord, I, I just didn't have it. Uh, and I, I couldn't figure out why. And so I'm sitting there, and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to kind of remove myself from this, because this is worship, and I'm just singing, and that's not, that's not what it's about. And so I, I kind of take a step back, and I go to one of the, the back rows, and I, I, just, I just sit down, and I start praying. And I say, God, like, I, I don't know what's going on, but I pray that you would just open my eyes right now, that you would open my eyes to something, that even though I'm a leader, that you would, this is about, uh, worship is about your people. It doesn't matter if it's students or leaders, whatever, that, that you would just somehow just open my eyes, and, and God kind of slowly starts to open my eyes. And somehow you don't, like, you never want that to happen. When it's finally happening, you're like, oh, gosh, no, close them again. But no, no, I'm sitting there, and, and God's saying, Matt, you have been running the bases. Look at you. You're doing great here. You're doing great here. You're doing great here. But, but when was the last time you really found your significance in me? You're so busy. You're doing, like, I work at a church, guys. Like, I do good things. Like, even, like, if I'm not paying attention to anything God's doing, like, I'm hanging out with students, I'm writing Bible study. Like, that's a good thing, right? But, but God's saying, no, it's not enough to just be here. You need, to, you need to come home. And, guys, God did something really cool that night. God, 
God reminded me of what this looked like for me. And I don't know when that moment was for some of you in here, but uh, I, was, I was 15. So almost eight years ago, <laughs> all of a sudden, I just, all that, the emotion, the, the beauty of that moment, that first connect moment came rushing back to me. And I said, oh God, what have I been doing? I felt like I was so far from you at some point. I got there and I was so caught up in, in winning the bases, but I forgot that you have to win home for anything to matter. And so, I, I mean, I, I remembered what it was like as 15-year-old Matt, and I, I'm sitting there in youth group, kind of like this, and all of a sudden it just hits me that I, I'm, I, God's laid it all out. The, the youth pastor has said, if, if you've sinned, then you're separated from God. And then I was like, well, I, I've sinned a lot, actually. And I, I've never done anything. I've never made any decision. I'm just kind of hanging out. And, and I, I just said, you know what, God, here I am. I'm, I'm dead in my sin. You got me, dead to rights. You're a God of justice. And according to everything that you've laid out in your Bible, I'm, I'm dead. The, the wages of sin are death. That's Romans 6.23. It says that pretty clearly. And, I, and I'm just sitting there and I say, God, like, I don't know what to do. I can't do it on my own. I've been trying to run the bases by myself. I, I have my, my life. I thought I had my life figured out, but, but it didn't matter. I wasn't happy. I wasn't winning at, at life. I wasn't, like, I just kept getting called out all over the place. And then God reminded me of something else. He said, you know what, Matt? Here, this is my moment where, where we connected, where you first said yes to me eight years ago. And, and my grace, what I did on the cross, that covered all your sins up to that point. But I think the thing that we forget is that even though, even after we've made the connect, and we're on our, this journey of life, this process of running the bases and trying to have the life that God wants for us, that we forget that, that God's grace covered us here and here, and all, all of it. And so there I am, two weeks ago, at a night of worship, and I'm reminded that I need God's grace as much today as I did at day one. And so I, I think, I think that maybe some of you in here tonight can relate to what, to what I was talking about, to, that you, you remember what this moment was, this connect moment, Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> but, but you remember, you remember what this connect moment was like. But it seems really far off right now. And you, you're, you're pursuing third base so hard. And you think that the only way back to God is to go all the way back, to turn around. But God says, no, I'm right here. Just, just come home. Just come home. And we're walking through life and we're so busy with the, just the things that we're doing, even if they might be good things, that there's no significance in them unless they're founded in, in the purpose of our creator. And so I challenge you tonight, if you, if you can relate to that, 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 that you, would, you would remember that, that God's grace is just as good today as it was yesterday and the day before and day one. Guys, we, we have a lot of students that have made decisions for Christ since I've been here in the last two years, and it's unbelievable. And, and with that comes a lot of phone calls that we make. We follow up with you guys. I've probably called a lot of you guys. And, and sometimes the conversations go like this. Hey, just want to let you know, uh, 
the next step is baptism. And we're gonna, we're gonna celebrate baptism here in a, uh, uh, just a few minutes. We have four brothers in Christ that have said yes to God in their heart and they're ready to proclaim it out to everyone. And yeah, that's good, that's worth a clap, that's worth a clap. And, and I say, I'm talking to them on the phone, I'm like, hey, baptism is next, and they go, eh, well, I'm, I'm not ready. I'm like, what do you mean you're not ready? Well, I still got some stuff I need to figure out. Guys, just because you've made this, that's the only thing that qualifies you for baptism. You don't need to be perfect. I can tell you, I know a couple of the guys that are getting baptized tonight. No offense, guys, but you're not perfect. <laughs> I love you to death, but you're not. And, and guys, we need to know that God's grace is bigger than that and that, that this is not only a start point, but a finish point. But I want to talk to another group tonight. I think that maybe, maybe some of you guys are in here and you're, you're saying, Matt, you know what? I am, I'm getting called out all over the place. I'm running the bases without God, and it's not working. And I'm, I'm, whatever it takes, I'm ready to do that. I think that there's some of you in there, in here tonight, that as I'm talking, you're kind of feeling like, man, maybe that's me. So what we're going to do in a minute is I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put a prayer up on the screen. All right? And, and if you think, if this is you, that wants to, to say, God, I'm ready to connect. I'm ready for March 6, 2014 to be my, my day that I, I said, yes, God. I'm gonna give my life to you and I'm gonna start running the bases with you. Maybe that's tonight. So I'm gonna, let's put the prayer up on the screen. And if that's you tonight, if that's you tonight, I want you to just sit, sit quiet, read it. Read it to yourself. You don't have to say it out loud, but just read it, read it yourself. This is the prayer. And it says, it says, Father in heaven, I know that I've been running the bases without you. I have sinned against you. But I believe Jesus died for my sins, so I confess my sin and ask you to forgive me. I bow to you as Lord of my life. Help me to live for you from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen. Guys, I... There's not been a better decision that I've made in my entire life than that. I prayed, prayed a very similar prayer when I was 15. And there hasn't been one day I've turned back. And I, it's not all easy. Sometimes there are ground outs <laughs> in life. But, but you, just keep, you just keep getting up to bat and God is with you. And through God's power, you can have the home run life that he has called us to. And so... Uh, Real quick, I just want to let you know that, that, that this Christian life is not something that's meant to be an inside thing. That's why we do baptisms, is because it's a, I want everyone to know. And so I want to challenge a couple of you in here tonight, maybe, maybe more, that, that just prayed that prayer. Now, you, don't, you don't have to, but I'm telling you that it, I'm going to ask you to stand up. I'm going to count to, to three in a couple minutes, and I'm going to ask you to stand up if you just prayed that prayer. Okay? And, and if if that's you, then I challenge you tonight to stand up. And maybe, maybe you didn't pray it just then, but you're saying, you know what, Matt, that's me right now. I need to, I need to make a decision. I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here, I'm kind of squirming. God's been kind of tugging at me, and I need, to, I need to stand up here in a second. So when I count down from three, I want, I want you to stand up. Because if you can't do it in front of your peers right here that, that will support you in church, then it's going to be so hard to do it at school and with your family. So, so here we go. On, on the count of three, I want you to stand up.
One, two, three. Yeah, well, hey, what, is, what does the church do when even one person repents from the? Yeah, we go nuts. Let's go. You guys can have a seat. You guys can have a seat. We're not done yet. We're not done yet. I'm going to invite Pastor Derek up, and he's going to baptize four of our brothers in Christ that have already said yes and are ready to make it known to the world. <laughs> 